there's about five or six of them at the table at the bar, you know, near the bar, and they, what's this you're up to, Bruce, with your polyamory thing? That's immoral, that's disgusting, and, well, you know, they were really getting stuck into me. And there was about five or six of them, and they're all sitting around, some miles, some females as well too, and I said, hang on, just wait a minute. Um, I know you, 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 every one of you quite well, and some of you are married and some of you are not, but I happen to know that every one of you is cheating or has cheated on your partners. <laughs> and you could have heard a pin drop. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches this a little different, and at its core, our show is about hearing and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it's important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own. It's also important to remember that we aren't doctors or therapists and that we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on this show. One final thing that we need to let you know about is that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. So, if that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you just keep listening until it no longer does. However, if you're under the age of 18, you should probably stop listening or gather up your parents and listen as a family. Enjoy! Monday! Welcome to episode 58. Monday! (laughs) I won't do that again. <laughs> That's what you always say, but then you keep doing it. Today's, Monday! Uh, today's a special <laughs> release episode, as you can tell by Finn's enthusiasm for Monday. Today, by the way, we're Finn and Emma, didn't say that, but we have an interview today with the founders of the app Polyfinder, Bruce and Nami. Yeah, they reached out to us, or we reached out to them, I don't remember which way it was, but a little while back, and we've been plotting world domination with them, <laughs> and they came on and shared their pretty awesome story. Each mm-hmm. of them have a pretty unique little way they got into this and how they started developing the app. So give it a listen. It's really mostly just about their individual stories and then a little bit about how the app works because it's a pretty cool app. Mm-hmm. And I know you're probably thinking another app, but it's not just another app. It's also a community. It's a community. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that's the thing that you'll really learn from this. So moving forward, we'll be promoting Polyfinda and Hashtag Open, which we did in episode 53. They're both uh, friends of the show, and both neither of them are you know paid sponsors. They're just small startups doing cool stuff, and we wanted to support them with our small startup. Exactly. So... Friends of the show, check them out, listen, and in the meantime, when you're not listening, tell a friend about our show. Yeah. Tell all your friends, your family, Uh your loved ones, your polycules. Also, reach out to us. You can go to the contact form on our website and come say hi. Normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Nailed it. And we will see everybody there. We look forward to getting your emails, and let's do the interview. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Nami and Bruce from Australia, thank you for (laughs) staying up late to talk with us tonight. We're up at the crack of dawn, sort of, and talking to you all the way around the world. So thank you for that. And we're excited to have you on. Welcome. We're excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So you two are the creators of the Polyfinder, or as 
people who like my name, Polyfinda, but I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if that's the proper pronunciation. But uh, yeah, so we'll, which we'll, is an app? Which is an app for mm-hmm. meeting other poly-minded people. Uh, we'll we'll come back to that in a few minutes, but maybe before we do, can we hear a little bit about who each of you are and your your stories a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, probably you... should probably should start with me because it started before Nami came into the picture. <laughs> um, but uh, so I, I think I'm an expert on monogamy because I've had lots of experience with that. Twenty years of monogamy. And I'm very happy with that, but um, that came to a sudden end um, with my wife dying. And, yeah, then um, not so long after that, got involved in another um, relationship, which was heading again down towards a a monogamous pathway, and it just didn't feel right for me, especially so shortly after my wife dying. And, yeah, um, there was a night where my partner said, well, you know, I want to take it further and more committed relationship. And I said, look, I'm just not ready for that. And she said, well, what do you want? And I guess because I hadn't thought about it, I came up with the honest answer. And I said, well, I'd like to have a very um, pretty much monogamous relationship with you, but if um, I was to meet someone else, I'd also like to be able to date someone else. And if I was to take it further with them, I'd like to be able to say to you I want to take it to the place of having sex with another person and you'd be fine with that. And she said, what? <laughs> and I said, well, you asked me what I would, what I would want and um, that's what I would want. And she said, well, I'll have to think about that. And I thought it was all over and days went by. But after a few days, she, she contacted me and she said, would that, would that work both ways? And I said, um, well, actually, yeah, of course it would work both ways. And so, well, to cut a long story short, that's how that's how it all began, and it really worked for us really well. And so then I thought, well, how come I didn't know about this before? I'd, I'd never heard of the term polyamory, and I was sort of drifted into that sort of relationship. And so I had set up other meetup sites for sailing events, and they had gone really well. So I thought, well, the sailing meetups are going well, and maybe I should set up a meetup site for polyamory, um, which is what I did. And it was very interesting. It was um, six guys in a bar. It was our first meeting. <laughs> <laughs> what a great story, though. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was still an interesting chat, actually. And then the next meeting was ten guys in the bar and one female in the bar. And, um, it's just yeah, like engineering then, school. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't come back and the guys didn't come back either. Um, but anyway, I managed to work things out um, to try to even up um, uh, gender ratios. And then it, the meetup just really took off. Mm-hmm. And it was like 20 and then 40. And then before, you know, it was 100 people meeting in the bar. It was really high. And because I was uh, a bit of, um, what would you say, um, well, very uneducated about polyamory. I, I, the, the meetup events were not me trying to educate people. It was just people coming together and educating themselves. And that platform really seemed to work, just people coming together and fairly fairly lighthearted and chatty and carefree and that sort of thing. 
but which is which is kind of like what you are. Everything everything that sort of Bruce does is about sort of having fun, having fun, and helping other people to find happiness. I guess like yeah. his his other work is also about that. The sailing is also about that. Um, mm. I mean, we've been at sailing events where people have come up to him and said. Thank you for the sailing meetup. You actually saved my life because of that. Because they had nothing else in their life, they didn't have a social network, they didn't have the connections with others, and then they were able to join that and make those connections. And that seems to have also been what's been the Emory meetup as well. Is people are actually finding a way to connect with people that they 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 needed to connect with in order to be happy with what they who they are and what they they wanted to be. Yeah, but it it, it, it kind of just he just sort of like, well, I want people to be happy, so uh, why don't I just create something where people can find their own happiness? And that just sort of happens in all the different phases of his of his life. Yeah, but there was a problem. There was a problem. <laughs> and um, problem. well, um, the Meetup site was was it's a, a people not everyone might be aware of the Meetup platform, but it's about meeting up. But people started to use the platform as a dating site, and they started to. <laughs> Try to connect each other, not turning up to meetups, but trying to connect with each other just online. And that was really the problems. Uh, and so I put in systems to shut that down and to say that was not allowed. But then I thought, well, there really needs to be a website for um, for doing that so poly and poly-interested people can get together and, and um, not necessarily turn up to an event, but do it online. So that's when we created the website. <laughs> Yeah, as and a then, means to solve a problem. On to the solve a problem, side. that's right. It wasn't a big corporate sort of uh, plan or anything like that. Um, so that the meetup wouldn't get shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So so that the meetup would become more of a safe place that was just about events, mm. and so the online dating could be taken away somewhere separate. That was the, that was the original way it all got started, and then I had the very crazy idea that if we can have a website, we can have an app. So then, which I'm uh, sure was a leap, right? And that, and that just took like a week and a half to probably create. Yeah, coming from a non-technical background, um, I think if I'd come from a, a computer background, I would have realised that it was not going to be as easy. He, as I he's thought. a man of vision. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to so, say, yeah. I, I think that the that that was illustrated early on when you you basically described a polyamorous dynamic without having the vocabulary to do that, and then. You, you just created that because that's what you felt you wanted and would make you happy. And then you did the same thing with the, with the meetup, right? You, you created what you needed and what you thought would make you and other people happy, and, and you created that. And it, it sounds like you've, you've done it again with, a, with an app. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so we, let, maybe let's talk a little bit about the app, and then let's, let's come back and hear Nami's story and how you two came together and and where you're off to and, and what, what the future looks like, because I think we're excited to hear that. Yeah, so I guess about the, about the app, can you, well, it was originally a website, then you went into the app world. Can you talk a little bit about what, what it looks like and what, um, yeah, what people, how it works? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, I think that it's not just a regular dating app because we, we had an event focus, mm-hmm. and so really we wouldn't call it a dating app. We would call it, a dating events resources app. So it does all of these things. And this is where I think it's a little bit different to perhaps the regular dating app because it's very much about going to events, getting people to go to events, and then they're 
meeting face-to-face -face events and then chatting on the app. So it's not specifically just about dating. It's, it's kind of about finding the the resources, support or the connections that you need to to explore love on your terms is, is really, I guess, what we see it as. So, yes, there's a, a match and chat and dating app component to that um, because it helps people to meet. But we want people to know where the social support groups are. We want to know want people to know where the therapists who are poly-friendly uh, or open to ethical non-monogamy um, are. We, we want people to know that there are different elements of ethical non-monogamy that they might not have known about before because they've just been purely thinking about polyamory. And that's, I mean, the same for us. Like, as you heard, Bruce stumbled onto polyamory just because he was exploring what he wanted and realizing what he wanted out of relationships and that's that's kind of also the way that the app has come we started as a really strong focus on polyamory and then realized that we don't want to dictate what polyamory means to anybody so it's more open to anyone that's open to um, open relationships generally and exploring love and relationships on their terms that don't want to be dictated to that this is the way love is. This is the way a relationship has to be. Um, that, that's kind of what we see it as, a vehicle to help people explore things. And yeah. so, so you don't have to be a full-on 20-year card-holding polyamorous person. You can just be trying to figure out where you're at. and Maybe yeah. wanting to meet like-minded people and just have discussions and, and go from there. But but with a commitment to that ethical part of the ethical nominology, yes. um, that's, that's that's critical. We're not we're not out there promoting a cheating app. You know, we're not we're not we are about being honest to yourselves, being the, your most authentic self, and being your most authentic self with other people. Um, and we we hope that that's what we've built into the app and um, allows people to do that as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's you, we it, try to push too. It, a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think 50% of the people on the app are not actively polyamorous. They're poly curious. Mm. And the way that it's sort of set up at the moment, we're not really, we haven't moved into full on promotion. And so anyone that's on the app now has probably stumbled onto the app because of keywords in Google or keywords in an app store or through recommendations. So the app, it's, it's quite good. It really is pretty much full of people who are either polyamorous or polycurious. Yeah. It is yeah. one of the questions that we ask yeah. um, when people register, how did you find out about Polyfinder? And just Google search mm. um, is one of the most, in fact, the most common yeah. source, uh, which says how many people out there are curious, mm. are interested, and are just trying to find something mm. or some way to find more information and support or ways to connect with other people who think like mm. them. So, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And, and I guess along those same lines, how is that part of the way that you keep some of the riffraff out? And I know by, by that meaning like people who are in there just lurking and trying to check out people's pictures, I, I guess maybe talk a little bit about like how it functions, how, how do people interact? What is the, what's the platform look like for, for anyone who's not on there? To join is not easy. There's, there's quite a few questions. And I think that in itself um, probably puts people off who are not perhaps there for the right reasons. So that's a start. Yeah. And then when people do join, it's not like you would just select male or female. 
we have all sorts of different identifiers, gender types. Mm -hmm. And so then when you are identifying as a specific gender and you're searching for someone else, then you can only be seen by a person that's also selecting for that sort of match. So in this way, it kind of protects people from being hassled from someone that's they're not they're not really actually interested in. Mm-hmm. So there's that level as well. But we have lots of different gender yeah. types, and then also we have a button that you can push if you really have a very very attractive profile and you're really being absolutely hammered. Um, <laughs> then you can select a button that says you will only allow your your profile to be contacted by people who you've previously liked. Okay. So, so you can have just, a, a like yeah, bookmark, a list bookmark list of likes. So we don't have a, a swipe right, swipe left, match, swipe of this person, and then only those people who have liked would be able to to message you. So mm-hmm. yeah, we've got levels of control. Yeah. yeah, and then in worst case scenario, if you have an issue, you can flag them. And yeah. We'll so we've got all the flagging things, and we follow up on those. Yeah. We we delete have deleted people who are just just doing the wrong thing. Yeah. 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 I like that. And yeah. so in just to clarify, it's not like if I say I'm a, a, a trans woman, I only get matched with other trans women. I would select under my profile, like I'm interested in cis men, cis women, uh, trans guys. And then that's, those are the people I would see. But, and you can say so you, if you say you are a trans woman, then only people in their search criteria who are searching for trans women would be able to find you. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But in their search profiles, they'll see if they say, I want to. I yes. Like You'd be able to see who, who would they, they would. Yeah, okay. would yeah. See. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So in this way, it, it, it's quite clever in the way it matches the right people. But the only downside to that really is because we're just getting started, then if you have a more... If you have a more unusual or less frequently chosen gender type, then there may be a lesser audience. There's no, a lesser, <laughs> a lesser audience yeah. as well. So you might get on the app and realise, oh, gee, there aren't. Yeah. So, but that will change when we become more popular. Well, that's what that's what we're here for. Yeah, yes. <laughs> trying to push that, right? So, yeah. So maybe to to. Wait Hannah. one second. Uh-oh. I have a question about the app too. Is there any sort of um, location piece to the app? Like, how how does it work? Uh, do people are people matched throughout the world, or is there, um, yeah, based on your so location? So there's actually uh, when you when you register your profile, you nominate where your location is, and that can change. You can change that when you um, uh, within your own uh, search filters and um, profile. Um, so if you move around, you can be looking at um, search results. I think up to it's up to a hundred kilometer radius from where you are. Um, so you can select where you are and say you're going to uh, visit um, Sydney next week. You can say, "All right, I want to see anyone in Sydney for a fifty kilometer radius," and you can do a search the week before and make some contacts then, and then um, yeah. Prepare your matches, prepare so, your social life before you get there. <laughs> it sorts primarily on the basis of location, mm. but then the second sorting is on uh, recent uh, yeah. logging into the app. So the first people that show up in your search criteria are the ones that are close and who are currently logged in. Mm. Okay. And then scroll down, it will show people that are a little bit further away or perhaps logged in yesterday. 
Yeah. And so then when you make a message to someone, you're more likely to be messaging, messaging someone who's currently using the app because the people that perhaps haven't used the app for a year, that was so far down, down the bottom. Yeah. You probably would see them. So, yeah, you, know. yeah, you won't be just randomly matched with people who haven't used yeah. the app to try and get them to re to to come back to the app. That that's yeah. not a technique that we've yeah. put into this. <laughs> Awesome. Well, so for a, a couple of final questions on the app before we move back into your, your story, um, it sounds like uh, people are on the app from all over the world, is, and it sounds like you're growing pretty well. If you're comfortable sharing, like, roughly how many people you've got today, and then, um, you know, what it, what it takes for somebody to sign up, is it, you know, $100 a month? What is the, the barrier of entry for people to get in? I know it's not $100 a month. I was, I was being <laughs> hyperbolic. <laughs> so. it's, free, it's, it, it's free to join. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone that joins gets free, gets a, um, a number of credits that allows you to use the app and explore and contact. And so what happens is that every time you instigate a connection with someone, on the, the match and chat aspect of the app, app um, that's that you're, you use credits. Um, and so uh, you can continue your conversation free of charge, but if you see someone that you want to start a conversation with, that's where you'll, lose your, um, you'll use your credits. And once you've used your credits, then we have two ways of um, two products, I guess. You can buy credits. You can buy a credit package of, I think it's $5.99 US, um, and that gets you enough to message, oh, I've forgotten how many people it is. It's about 100. It's about 100 messages. No, it's not 100 people. It's like 20 people. It's 20 messages. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, for six bucks, you can can, um, instigate 20 chats with people. um, That's still pretty good. Yeah. No, yeah, it's still pretty good. It's not a hundred, but it's still pretty good. And then, uh, or you can get a monthly membership for nine ninety nine US a month, which okay. is unlimited. Um, you can try and chat with whoever you want. Yeah, so that's, that's the really the only cost mm. associated with the app. Um, the rest of the app is free to use and can be accessed by mm. free users. So the resources are, are free. the res- the links to ethical non-monogamy and polyamorous resources around the world um, and other community leaders and what they have to say um, so that you can learn and explore on your own terms, that, that's all free, um, free to use. Uh, it's only uh, if you want to be using it as a, as a dating site on a regular basis and that's the small cost involved in that. Because it has yeah. that piece of like meetup where there's events and, and things that people can find that community, that part's all free so that it, they can use that easily, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you can click on events, and the global map is there, and you zoom in on where you want, where you want to know where the events are, and you'll see the events buttons pop up, and you click on them, and there'll be a, it'll take you to where whatever the, uh, the where the event is hosted. On if it's Eventbrite or another ticketing or a meetup, then it will take you there to learn more about it. Yeah, we we kind of just want to promote where stuff is happening. Yeah. Um, and it is global, right? There's people all over the world on the app. It's not just you Australians down there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mel- hey. Melbourne is a very popular. Um, it's wow. definitely growing quite well in Melbourne, um, probably because we also have a um, and we know that that combination works really well. And we started here, so. <laughs> but but eighty percent of the members are American. Yeah. 
So it's another case of American Americans taking over the world. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're, we're, we're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. However, this is at least open-minded people. <laughs> you have a slightly larger population. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, we we appreciate the 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 download on it, and we're excited to try it out ourselves. We're going to be jumping on there and checking it out. Finding some polys for ourselves. <laughs> No? <laughs> All right, I won't say that again. <laughs> it's fine, but it's on Polly's. Well, come to one of our events instead. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> we will, someday. We'll do someday our, we'll, we'll make do our Australia there. tour. Yeah, someday. Uh, yeah. Well, Nami, do you mind taking us into a little bit about how you wound up being on the, the Polly Find It team with, with Bruce? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, oh, gosh, where do I start? Well, I met Bruce on Tinder. So um, that was a, a random thing about four and a half years ago, and we've sort of been we've been together ever since in our, our little family. Um, and uh, but before that, I am I guess how do I explain? I'm a, I'm a fiercely independent woman <laughs> um and i've lived all over the world um i've worked in international development um doing a lot of sexual health programs a lot of family planning um sort of sex positive work and it's sort of social justice is is where i come from and that's kind of core to my my being committing to one person has never been something that i found attractive uh, but i'm not naturally polyamorous either um to me this whole journey has been about self-discovery um and i i love being attracted to other people i love being able to kiss other people and have the freedom not be controlled by all that kind of thing i love being in a relationship where we can talk about attractions to other people and we can talk about our um, our connection and what connections with other people could mean for us and how that informs our journey as a relationship together. It, it kind of makes us an adventure. Um, I, I, I don't know how to explain that, but this, while it's challenging um, in so many ways, sort of intellectually and emotionally and it's beautiful in in so many other ways, and yeah, I I wouldn't be anywhere else. And then you add in the journey that being together on the on the app has brought to it as well, which you know, being partners and then also working together has sometimes got challenges. But again, it's beautiful because we're creating something, and we talk to people who who go to the app and then meet people and go to the events and talk about how they're connecting and how they're learning and how some of them say they joined in the beginning and talk about how they're polyamorous and they've got all these boyfriends and girlfriends and they're having a great time and then all of a sudden they find themselves solo poly and questioning whether that means they're poly or monogamous but that doesn't sit right and I, I love being part of giving people that choice to 
choose what's actually right for them because that's what relationships should be. It should be about communicating with the people you love to figure out what makes you you and what makes you as a relationship you um, together. I don't know if this is making any sense. No, it makes perfect sense, I think. Just being able to have that conversation and, and thinking through it all and working through it all. Yeah, yeah, and um, there's just so um, I, I see a lot of relationships around me that don't have that because there's these expectations that you fit into a box. Nobody fits into a box. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I was wondering, can can you dive in on the the conflict that it sounds like you touched on earlier about you're fiercely independent. You don't. You never really identified as monogamous or you didn't like you didn't like the feel of it but you also didn't feel like you were naturally polyamorous as well so how did how did all of that work in a practical sense well we're still trying to figure that out but what we are is we have a really deep love for each other um i'm not just saying that right And we recognize that each of us have different needs and we also recognize that meeting those needs is going to be hard on both of us, but the respect for the deep love and connection that we have for each other means that we want to explore that. And sometimes it hurts and sometimes it's mind-blowing, mind-blowingly amazing, but we are committing to that connection with each other, but also our our own independent personalities, I guess, um, and allowing us to try and be who we are and allowing the yeah. I think I'm getting a bit mi- mixed up into my own words now. Oh, no. but, but that's uh, the first Tinder date. On the second Tinder date, is, <laughs> I confess to being polyamorous. Yeah, a bit, of, bit of a shock to know. I mean, I confessed a lot of things actually. Yeah, for my baggage. But you yeah, waited until the second date. You said. Second he day. did wait for the second, which, which is actually something. It's pretty quick. It is pretty quick yeah. compared to other people. It's yeah. pretty quick. <laughs> and so I don't. But, think... but it's I I hadn't been in a situation where poly, even though I'd worked in the sort of sex positive sort of area with the work that I'd done, um, and it wasn't really a thing that was talked about. It, it, I definitely had no friends that were openly poly I knew of at the time. And there was definitely a backlash from people that I knew once they found out um, what what Bruce was telling me. But to me, it made sense. I mean, it, it shook me in terms of what I thought the world was. Um, but it made sense in terms of everything I do is about being true to yourself, being your most authentic self. And here was a man being his most authentic self with me, exactly what I've been looking for. And, yes, there's some challenging bits that I'm going to have to deal with, but if what I actually stand for is allowing people to be their authentic selves, then I'm right there. I'm I'm, I'm in all the way. Yeah, Yeah. I think there's a a balance. Like intellectually you can say all of these things, um, yeah. And as we've been progressing over the last four and a half years, we've been like experimenting and trying different ways that we can kind of reach, you know, compromises and we can both be happy and things like that. So it's been such a learning journey because there's the intellectual side of it, which sort of makes sense. But then when you try to do it, of course, all the emotions and things come up. 
Yeah. And then we, I think the, the reason we're still together is because we're both very honest and we both love each other to death. And so we sit down and we try to renegotiate and that didn't work out. So let's try something a little bit different. So we're still on the journey. Yeah. Yeah. But, I think but it gets, yeah, where, whereas, you know, maybe a couple of years ago we were nearly busting up um, <laughs> through various attempts to do things perhaps a little bit too much too quickly. Um, yeah, so now we we, uh, we really have a very solid relationship um, and very happy together. I think that you point out too yep. that you're, you're, you're just normal people trying to figure this out, right, as you go and just willing to have that conversation and be open about it. And that's what we want to promote is that, um, like you said earlier, ethical non-monogamy where you're communicating and discussing it all and just... You're normal people. Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, makes mistakes. You have feelings. That's normal. Like you need to work through them and finding finding the ways to do that and being open and honest with each other. Yeah, and accepting that that vulnerability that that opens you up to is actually just a part of life. And as I said, I'm sometimes it hurts, but you can work through that and it can make you stronger. It can make you have a different perspective on life. It can have so many benefits of actually being able to work through that vulnerability and particularly with someone that you care about as well. That, that just brings you together. It does. It does. <laughs> I, I was curious on your side, Bruce, you, early on, right? You, you sort of created polyamory obviously not in the world but for yourself <laughs> for yourself in terms of like understand where you're coming from I, in fact um some months into that relationship someone said to me oh, oh that's polyamory and i said poly what marie you know? <laughs> <laughs> and i explained it to them and they said oh yeah i think well that's probably okay so i'm polyamorous then so well yeah, yeah and it took I- me a Months to even hear the word, to be frank. Right, and so how did you, you know, without having the the, the toolbox, how did you start to create the thing that you wanted for yourself? Was it initially like right into like doing a meetup, or was it a lot of trial and error? And and how did it look? It started because I was asked a question off guard, like, "What do you want?" Mm-hmm. And then. I didn't have. I hadn't really thought about it, but I, think, I guess the honest answer came out, and that is, I, I think I am monogamish. I don't think I'm. Um, I don't think I'm someone that would be good in, in perhaps a triad or a quad. I think I'm pretty much monogamous, but I don't want to be totally monogamous, but also don't want to lie and cheat and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's the answer that came out of my mouth without even thinking. And so, um, I was lucky enough to say to somebody who was prepared to give it a crack. Right, but what did it what did it look like in a physical? Like, what were the actual things? That after, you, yeah, like after you had that conversation with her and you worked through it with her. What What were what, the next steps? Yeah. How did you actually put that into practice? Because I think that could be overwhelming for people. Like, I want and this is what I think would be good, but then finding people who are open to that. And I mean, you found Nami, but you, how how did you get there? Well. Um, I don't know. I probably shouldn't say too much about a previous relationship. That's where it gets a little bit tricky. But um, basically, we we tried it and it worked. Okay. Uh, say more than that. It wasn't wasn't really very difficult. Yeah. It so maybe, really. maybe it's just like being open to uh, meeting people just in, in life, right? And and not being closed off to other potential relationships or even friendships or just having that open line of communication and. 
as you meet people through your day-to-day life or um, that can all be part of the conversation. If you end up meeting someone you have a deep connection with or you learn or you grow to have a deep connection with that uh, you can explore that and have that conversation. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of why you started the meetup as well. Yeah. I, I, to, to try and broaden that network of people and to explore the concepts of that you don't need to sort of recently realized yeah so I, I i mean i was very happy and it worked for me and i thought how, how come i didn't really know about this before why mm. I, mean, I hadn't heard the term polyamory and I, I guess i you know i grew up in the birds and you know it was pretty much you know when you're 20 you got married and you know and all of your friends got married and that that was it you're either married or single or married and having affairs and there wasn't really well actually that's not exactly true because in my 20s i went to live in austria and um, I, I did get to know a couple there, and they were polyamorous. And I thought, wow, isn't that a fantastic um, way to live, to live? And they were so in love with each other, just so head over heels in love. But basically monogamous, I think. They would give each other a little bit of freedom. Um, and, yeah, and they're still together, and they've got four kids, and they're living happily ever after. So, you know, that's a relationship, and that model really worked for them. And I guess, yeah, that... that that was my. That was really my first taste of that. But then I forgot all about that with my committed monogamous relationships. Okay. Yeah, and and so so where you and uh, Nami are today is sort of a monogamish, right? That's you said you've kind of come to that realization that maybe that's the if you have to label yourself that sort of works best for you. And yeah, monogamish probably is the best label yeah. for for us. And where where we are right yeah. now, but who knows? You know, we don't know where that journey well, that's the great goes, thing. Just, and I think that's kind of one thing that I do actually like. He's probably going to be surprised by this, but that I like about this is that we, whatever happens, like whatever, if he changes or if I change or if something happens, we can talk about that and we can figure yeah. out what that means for us yeah. and what that changes. But at the core of it is is that that love that we have for each other, but accepting that, you know, maybe I will fall in love with someone else. Maybe he will fall in love with someone else. We don't know that, but we know that we're going to deal with that and try and figure out what that means for everybody when we get there. Um, and that, I think, is is a really healthy That's way the beautiful part yeah. of this because, I mean, in my monogamous relationships, if I'd found someone who I was attracted to, and that did happen once, a girl at work, and I would have lunch with her. I mean, nothing happened, but I was definitely attracted to her. But I could, certainly couldn't tell my my partner that. I was this girl at work, and I had lunch with her, and I find her very attractive. I couldn't say that. And so I really, that's one of the things I really love about this relationship. Although it's got its difficulties, <laughs> I can say what's on my mind and what I feel, and there might be a little bit of, you know, heated discussion, which will last for a few hours, but by the next day, that's all it, you know. And it's so so much nicer just to be open and honest and say what's on your mind and how you feel and be with someone who's strong enough to be able to deal with that and and, um, just to sort things out. So obviously, you know, we've been together for a long time now. We've sorted things out. Yeah. (laughs) We still love each other and still have a great time and still on this journey, which is great fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think one of the the things that people that that have never tried to do something like this, it's it's easy to jump to like, 
I could never let my partner do this. I could, I would be too jealous. It would, jealousy is like the number one thing that people, I think, jump to. And one of them, yeah. One of them. And is jealousy something that either of you have struggled with or, or do struggle with? Yeah. That, that, is the, that is the dynamic in our relationship. That's the problem. Because I'm not particularly jealous. It's not jealous at all. I'm maybe a slight little bit. Oh, no, that's true. Some, yeah, there's little, 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 little. It's here and there, but, but I get over it. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it's interesting that there's sort of, it's, it's about different things. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much detail we want to go into. As, as but, much as you but, want. <laughs> I, for example, I'm I'm I mentioned before that kissing for me is something I like to do, and if I'm I'm a bit fussy about who I'm attracted to, but um, geez. <laughs> 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 um, but I I like to have the freedom to be able to kiss whoever I want to kiss, but I don't necessarily want to go any further than that. Um, but the excitement, the fun, and the connection that I have with someone just just doing that is something that I'm really happy with and uh, you're, you're generally okay with that. But I know in pretty much every single relationship of my social circle, there is not a chance in any kind of world or universe or <laughs> that anyone would have let their partners or um, their partners would have let them have any kind of they they think that is challenging <laughs> so they find it hard to try and understand what i'm trying to process in terms of jealousy when things become much more physical and it is say a full sex scenario or a potential for full sex scenario and um that's uh that's yeah, so I, I, I'm, your I'm, your friends think you're crazy. Don't my you? friends think my <laughs> friends think I'm crazy. To even, yeah, to even <laughs> contemplate feeling that they think I'm crazy to even contemplate Bruce kissing someone, let alone be completely blasé and not care. <laughs> In fact, quite like it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a lot of social conditioning that you had to to break away. Yeah, from. and I'm and I'm still undoing that. Um, and I think that's also part of that journey. Um in terms of us being sort of, to me, so that some people find social conditioning easy to undo, but I'm finding it a little bit harder to, to completely undo it, but it's something that I'm committed to because I recognise it as social conditioning and I don't want to be controlled by that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to be controlled by something that intellectually makes no sense to me. <laughs> right. right. No, I appreciate you bringing that up because the social conditioning just around monogamy and non-monogamy and just like relationships in general can be so debilitating too because and make it hard to work through things because you think you have to be a certain way and that's just because you grow up believing that but based on society yeah. and, and you don't have to be that way. Well, I also felt uh, for a long time that I didn't have anyone to talk to because there was a lot of judgment coming me from the people that I normally would go to to talk through these things and there was just no understanding and in fact rejection of Bruce as my partner um and I think that probably also hindered the my my I guess undoing of the social conditioning a bit because I have these two ties which are conflicting and I'm not quite sure how to how to deal with that um, but yeah, that's, they're, they're definitely on board now. <laughs> well, not completely. 
and more and more tolerant. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's been a few years, it seems like he's gonna stick around, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They can see the predominant that you're really happy. Yes. And we have yes, fun times do. together they and we're like, you know, yeah. so they realize I think, you know, we from their perspective, you think, who is this weird guy and what's he up to and what's he doing to our friend, you know, and he's trying to lead her astray and trying to get her to do things that she doesn't want to do and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So good, you know, good on them for looking after their friend. I, I didn't have any animosity towards them whatsoever. I could sort of see where they're coming from. Yeah. Um, but I think over a period of time they've realised that, you know, Nami is in this because she wants to be in it, not because she's been tricked by me or because I'm forcing her or anything like that. Yeah. Um, that we do love each other to the bottom of our hearts and mm. and we've got differences and we're working through them and we're doing it in, like I think anyway, I'm doing it in a pretty gentle way, aren't I? I yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and in fact now people are starting to recognise the work that we put into the relationship yeah. and I get questions about um, it's, not the compromise necessarily, but the way we try and figure out what's happening next. And it's it's sort of people starting to see that there are, I guess there are things that they can also maybe learn from how we've been holding our relationship. And, in fact, I've had one friend tell me that she really respects the way that we've managed our relationship, and that's definitely not where it would have been <laughs> um, in the early years at all. So, uh Hopefully, we're also helping to normalise things a little bit that way. Yeah, <laughs> baby steps, right? Baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. As I like to say, or maybe a particular week, where we probably would have split up, um, except that we, we use the surfaces of um, well, two different oh, um, yeah, poly-friendly uh, counsellors, mm. and that really helped a lot, Yeah, mm. because we were just babes in the wood and just... Fumbling along. Fumbling along and just not, not really understanding good communication, not understanding good boundaries. And well, thinking we were, but having no clue. No, no clue. So that, that really made a big difference for us to, yeah. be, to be able to sit with, with someone who really understood the lifestyle yeah. and could see all of the pitfalls and forewarn us about, you know, various techniques and things that we could use to, to kind of smooth things Yeah, having, having those tools yeah. really helped us right. a lot. And so that's um, where we we one of the profiles that you can select on the app is a um, is um, therapist, so uh, poly-friendly therapist. So when you actually, your chats come up, uh, sorry, your, your um, search matches come up, it's not just potential dates, it's also event providers, producers of polyamory-related uh, material, and also um, uh, poly-friendly therapists, they, they come up as profiles as well as the people who yeah. you might want to date with. And, and that, yeah. that's come out of our own experiences, realising yeah. how valuable how it is to have is. A, yeah. a coach that gets yes. non-monogamy um, and gets that it is a legitimate relationship. Um, mm. They're not trying to talk you out of it but actually helping to give you the tools to make it work yeah. or to see if you can make it work yeah. um, because, that, yeah, it was really valuable for us. Mm. I think that's a, so it's a Yeah, go, so sorry, go ahead. It's still in the de de developmental stages of the app. We, we, we need to contact all of the therapists mm. around the world. It's just a lot of work, as you could imagine, and encourage them to create profiles so that when someone is, is in a... In a, in a 
town out in the middle of nowhere, mm. that um, they're likely to actually find someone in that town. But that's right. going to take a lot of work. But that's the plan. Yeah. 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 Which I thank you for doing that. And because I think that oh, there's a lot of social stigma against, um, I mean, mental health is a whole other ball game. But like, there's nothing to be ashamed of by talking to a therapist. It is can be so helpful. And, and I think that just normalizing that piece of it too, that it's okay to ask for some help and it's okay to go to a relationship counselor, whether you're together as a couple or even by yourself, like that's okay to do it. And, and it's encouraged because I think it can be very beneficial. Like you two found out. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. because it is so, it's such a, well, you've been conditioned in a certain way. I mean, a lot of, Counseling and therapy is about helping people to get out of their conditioning. But uh, monogamous conditioning is so strong and so deep, it's almost unquestionable. Unquestioned, I know this word, you shouldn't be allowed to question it even in certain societies, you know. <laughs> the conditioning yeah. is that strong. So, therefore, yeah. I think it does really lend itself to, to, to professional therapists that are specialising in that, in that arena. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I wanted to circle back, too, on... Anami's background, um, and and to one of the other things that people come up against a lot when they're talking about opening up a marriage or a relationship is is the the health aspect. And you said you spend a lot of time in the public health and sexual health sort of realm of things. Was that something that that you struggled with then yourself, being very well educated on that side of thing, but then also being like, well, now we're opening up other partners, and this opens me up to potential risks. Yeah, that's definitely an ongoing conversation that we have um, because since, you know, my my first, well, many years of my career were in HIV programs um, and sort of sexual health education, um, training others to train others about protection and, um, yeah, so it's kind of ingrained in me (laughs) <laughs> that sort of quite strict uh, regimen around around that, um, and so it's it's something that I think has has definitely impacted my I guess my psychology around opening up um, uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, how have you a- how have you integrated that in, and how have you sort of come to you know um, work with that? So basically, if we're seeing other people, then we're using protection everywhere. Is kind of the the way it is. Uh, for me, it's a it's a no go zone just because at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it is something that I am working on in terms of our commitment and knowing that um, there'd be protection outside of us. But right now, um, for me and what I'm comfortable with is if we're sleeping with other people, then it's everyone is protected and then I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and do you use do you use barriers for oral as well as, like, penetrative sex or is it right now mostly just penetrative? Uh, right now it's just for penetrative sex. Okay. Um, I, my, my preference is to... Uh, to use barriers for oral and other play as well, but um, we're still working on how that can be integrated into what we do. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing. And yeah. Because I, I think it's, it's fascinating to hear it from somebody with that background. <laughs> yeah. And then you are you flip it and you're <laughs> like, well, now I want to do these things. How do I, how, how do I merge the two? 
I've, I've had, <laughs> I, I, I've written sort of, sort of uh, education module things on, you know, if you've had one partner, they've had these partners and yeah. the whole sort of <laughs> network, right? Oh, now, now I'm in the thing. <laughs> <laughs> So you can see, like, the last four years, the personal development and the communication development, and the, you know, that is, that is a side benefit, I think, of polyamory, mm-hmm. is it really forces you to communicate well. Yeah. With yourself, too. And, and forces you to, <laughs> forces is probably yeah. the wrong word, but, you know, there needs to be honesty and there needs to be good communication, and it's mm-hmm. such a complex, I, I sometimes think, like, I compare it to chess versus checkers, monogamy to polyamory, like checkers, the rules are pretty similar. You know, you know the game where you jump over? Uh-huh. You know the game? Do you know it's like yeah, checkers in America? Yeah, where you're going. No, no, anyway. checker, checker, no I, we, we understand checkers. It's, yeah, just where you yeah. jump over the pieces. Like, with monogamy, the rules are pretty simple. Yeah. But when it comes to polyamory, it's so complex. I mean all the different possibilities and permutations and combinations. Mm. And that's it more like chess. A, is that what you're, that's what yeah. you're saying? It's more like chess. But would you prefer chess or checkers? Yeah. Um, well, the, the, rules, the rules are simple, but yet very confining, right? Like you... For monogamy. For monogamy, right? The rule is you don't, you don't do anything with anybody else and you win, right? But, yeah. But, and for some people, you do win. Um, yeah. For some people, it works perfectly fine and that's fantastic for the people that it works with but you have to accept that not every person has the same needs from a relationship and yeah that's yeah I think that there can be a tendency I think for some people to just say well monogamy is bad but it's not bad it's just not right for everybody right (laughs) I think that's the key yes some people monogamy that's what they want and that's what they need and that's perfectly okay but that's not everybody. Yeah. And also people change. I know in mm. the years that I've been running the group, you know, there are people that have come in, you know, as polyamorous people and identified as polyamorous and behaved as polyamorous, but they found their one true love and they say, sorry, Bruce, I'm not coming to the events anymore because I'm just I'm going through very much a monogamous phase in my life. I'm just not really interested in anyone else. So, yeah, and that's and, okay. Well, Married and had kids, and yeah, know, so that's what life is. Kind and there are other like people that, that have yeah. come in who've been for 30 years and said, My god, if we hadn't discovered polyamory, we would have definitely got divorced. And <laughs> now that we've discovered polyamory, our marriage and our love is so much better now. So, mm-hmm. you know, change is not one thing, you know, it's not one thing yeah. all of your life, right? Yeah, well, it you is don't have to, I'm polyamorous, yeah. and then you've signed on the line yeah. until death do you part, you are now polyamorous, right? Yeah. Because then that would be again hypocritical. You're going back and yeah. on what you've actually. Your, your point, right? Life is an, an adventure and it can go wherever you want it to go, but being open to different possibilities and being able to be polyamorous or not or try it out. And if it doesn't work, it's okay to go back to monogamy or any other relationship style that works for you. Just it's okay to explore and, and bounce around and, and see as long as you're honest. It's the whole point of setting up the meetup. It's just to get to to allow people a place to chat and explore and you know, their conditioning. And maybe they've been miserable because they've been trying to stick to their conditioning for so long, and they can find something that's going to make them happy. Yeah. That's why it's meetup because it yeah. made me really happy. So I thought, well, 
maybe can help others. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we definitely appreciate you creating the resource. And I think even for people who are like, well, I'm, I'm not really polyamorous, but I mean, it's got so much more than just uh, a matchmaking feature. It's a, it's a community building and it's a resource finding tool. And I think, I think that's very important. So mm-hmm. thank, thank you for creating that. Yeah. We're we have we're excited to try it and and use the app. We have not gotten there quite yet, but we're planning to. We're really excited to to eventually begin advertising. (laughs) (laughs) Know about the app? Well, you just you just did. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Join the app. (laughs) And yeah, so well, thank you both for for coming on and sharing about the app, telling you know, sharing that resource and, and sharing your own personal story because I think that's a resource in and of itself. Yeah, I have one more question actually. We're um, out of time for questions. <laughs> You're gonna cut me off. Uh, I, we have not covered. I don't know if you either of you have children, but I was wanting to know if you how you've navigated like your in the last few years your relationship and also just having being non-monogamous with your family and or friends I know you mentioned a little bit some of your friends Nami but how have you handled that I guess with people that have known you for a long time and um and you're close with have they mostly been accepting of your of your choices or how have you handled that uh well (laughs) when I told one of my friends she said hmm well, as long as you give us a list of all the people in your life so that we know who's who at your funeral, then that's okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I guess that's I an accepting way to go about it, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it was in the context of it not you. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... but um, yeah, it, it was kind of like, well, you know what? She's accepting that there are going to be other loves in my life. So, <laughs> or not just one person that they should be making sure is okay or something like that. So I thought that was a pretty accepting um, statement from others. From from other friends, um, I've uh, there's been some that I, I had to judge who I could tell um, about the nature of our relationship and also that I do work on the app. Um, gradually um, uh, now, but uh, I'm now I'm completely authentic with everyone. I'm just sort of like, this is what I do. This is who I am. Um, that's not something that I, again, if I'm committing to authenticity in myself, then I have to be authentic with everyone and face that judgment um, and try and negate it, I guess, in um, in its own way. And I, I've now got a couple of friends that have said, I want to come to your events. <laughs> cool. That's exciting. Um, people that I was being overly cautious around. Um, so it, it's amazing the kind of things that can happen when you get over your own fears. Um, and if there's been others that are finding it harder to deal with and some of them are really close um, friends of mine and I find that hard in it, in itself. But you're always going to have people that are challenged by the things that you do. Not everyone's going to love everything about you. And again, that's part of life. And you try and figure out how to make that friendship still work. And maybe it just changes a bit. So yeah, for me, it's about learning. Um, It's about, yeah, learning to face my own fears um, and then laughing when I realize how stupid I've been to have the fear in the first place. (laughs) Um, but, but there's definitely like with my parents, they know as well. Um, but, uh, that's, 
there's acceptance to a point. <laughs> they definitely, they're very loving, supportive parents, but they find it quite challenging. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, as some of my friends said, now, I mean, the fact that your parents are actually willing to ask you about it, that's huge. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think, I think that's pretty amazing, though, so. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think I'm in a pretty lucky situation um, right now. Uh, I know, like, at the events, we can't take photos of our the people who come to our events because the fear of being seen at a poly event is such a big thing. So, yeah, we end up taking photos of our great performers that are quite kinky and sexy because they had a bit of atmosphere and they're fantastic. Um, but but we can't take photos of the 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 fun of the 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 mm. groups and the crowd and um what what's happening at the events because people are so scared to have their face associated with the word polyamory um and to me that's that's something that hopefully we can help change mm-hmm. um hopefully yeah. we can too yes, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. i think these days if you say oh i'm gay um, people don't bat an eyelid. I mean, at least in my community, oh, you're gay, so what? But like 30 years ago, well, you just couldn't say that. You would, where I grew up, you'd be beaten up and you'd be, you know, you'd have a hard, really hard time. And I personally would like to see that for, for polyamory as well. Mm. Um, it's certainly not the case now if you say you're polyamorous. In fact, uh, when you were talking about your story with your friends, I was thinking about my story with my friends. At the yacht club, where oh. I sail, yeah, which is a bit of a conservative <laughs> place, um, yeah. But I'm, I always wear my heart on my sleeve, and I don't. I'm not really very scared what people think. So, um, yeah, they, there's about five or six of them at the table at the bar, you know, near the bar, and they, what's this you're up to, Bruce, with your polyamory thing? That's moral. That's disgusting. And well, you know, they were really getting stuck into me. And there was about five or six of them, and they're all sitting around, some miles, some females as well too. And I said, hang on, just wait a minute. Um, I know you, 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 every one of you quite well, and some of you are married and some of you are not, but I happen to know that every one of you is cheating or has cheated on your partners. <laughs> and you could have heard a pin drop. They just went <laughs> zip like that. <laughs> wow. And I said, at least my partner you know i can tell my partner what's happening and you know it's all out in the open but all of you are actually cheating on your partners or i know in the past you have cheated on your partners zip and from that moment forwards very little teasing of me about polyamory Um, wow yeah i think i think to use an australianism good on you because (laughs) that i mean way to stand up for yourself because that's that's the type of bullshit that people don't understand is like Oh, I could never do that. Like you, you, you are doing it, and most people are. They just aren't willing to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I think that's awesome. It's that stage where yeah, I'm polyamorous. Oh, yeah, big deal. So God. Yeah. That's that's you know that's the way it should be. Yeah. Very. It's just another option, and it's not better or worse than one of them. It's just a different option. Very cool. Yeah. No, uh, we really appreciate that, and. Thank you for standing up for yourself. Yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> it's not easy, but that was a, yeah, you have to. So, yeah. Well, unless there's something major that we are missing, we'll, we can say a fake goodbye and we can continue to chat for a few minutes if you are up for it. And, and... Yeah, well, um, I guess to wrap up, where, 
where can people find, I mean, obviously you have an app, so they could, they should be able to search the, for the app in, your, in the app store on their phone, uh, or yeah. is there a website they can go to? Um, best place is to go to the yeah, Apple app store, um, or Google play. Um, but there is the website, um, which will actually direct you to the app stores, um, is, a polyfinder, P-O-L-Y-F-I-N-D-A.com. Perfect. Perfect. And yeah, we will have links to all of that in the show notes as well. And thank you so much for taking the time to, to go through and tell us about your story and tell us about the app. We're really excited about it and we hope we want to help spread the word. So thank you. Thanks. It's been great talking to you. (laughs) Yes. Thanks. It's been really terrific. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you have a wonderful night and we will have a wonderful day. (laughs) Welcome back to us talking we were just talking but now we're talking directly to you in your ears yes thanks to nami and bruce for coming on the show we're really excited about the app polyfinder and we can't wait to i guess explore it more and spread the word we made profiles but it's not much internet down here in south america land yeah or yeah just our ability is limited so once we get back to the us of a we will we will be finding some polys are we we will. Okay. Actually, we talked about this. It's Polyfinda, because I'm Finn. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. But it's also a community, and we're really excited to go on there and just meet people like-minded and, yeah, get to spread the word and just keep opening, I guess, up the circle of people who are non-monogamous or at least open-minded and wanting to learn about it. Anyway... Thanks to come for coming on the show. Yep, and one uh, one quick tip: if you're going to be finning some pollies, you should. <laughs> You've been waiting to say that, haven't you? You should think about going and getting your STD testing done at stdcheck.com, where you can save ten dollars. Now we'll stop plugging stuff, and next week we. I'm sorry. Nope. This is a Monday. Yeah, Wednesday. So when- Wednesday. <laughs> okay, this is going to be a new thing, isn't it? No. On Wednesday, we have an interview with Josephine and Wyatt. And this is a couple who... No, don't tell them. Okay. They have to come in and listen on Wednesday. Okay, they have a good story. Wednesday. They have a good story. That's all I'll say. We should probably go before I keep doing this. Yes. Bye, everyone.